Jessie Shelto, your host for the next little bit, while we make a new friend and hear her birth story. Birth has affected my life in profound ways, and I'm not just talking about that new little person that comes in to rock my world. Birth has shaped how I engage with my Heavenly Father, and I hope that it does the same for you. So, whether you're preparing for a birth and wanting to learn more from moms who've been there and done that, or are processing through a previous birth, I pray that the Father makes His heart for you and your baby evident as you listen. In this episode, number 14, I got to interview a dear friend and one of my mentors, Amanda Wood. Now, Amanda became a mom 16 years ago, but don't let that fool you. She remembers her birth stories very well. She had a challenging first labor with her oldest, Maddie, but that didn't go according to the birth plan that she had written. And then with her second, Sly, she got to experience some of those hoped-for things. It's really sweet to see how those two births came together. One thing Amanda has worked with me on over the last few years is being able to apply the gospel to any life situation. So, since I got her to come on the podcast to share her birth stories, I asked her if she would also be willing to share the gospel with us and to teach us how to apply it to our births. You'll find that at the end of the interview. Even though I'm a birth geek, please remember that I am not a medical professional, and the intent of this show is to provide education and encouragement. Please continue seeing your medical professional and seeking their counsel for your care. But without further ado, here are Amanda's birth testimonies. Hi, Amanda. Thanks so much for coming on the Hopeful Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jesse. It's a gift. I'm glad that we're able to sit down together and have this time. Yes. Would you mind starting out and introducing the listeners to your family? Absolutely. So um, I'm mom, Amanda, and I am married to Brent Wood, uh, my sweet hubby um, of almost 19 years. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we have sweet Maddie Ann, and she is 16. And ah. I know, right? <laughs> um, and then we have our sweet Jeremiah Sly, and we call him Sly, and he is 13. So that's my crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if we, if you don't mind just jumping right in, yeah. would you mind talking a little bit about finding out that you were pregnant with mm-hmm. Maddie? Yeah, absolutely. So again, Maddie's 16, so it's been, you know, a hot minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so with Maddie, her story is just so special. Um, not, I mean, slices as well, but, um, so when Brent and I started dating, like our story was one, um, I really felt compelled to let Brent know that I had already had some health issues. I just really wanted him to know that just in case, um, there are any struggles of, you know, he wanting children and I might not be able to, you know, provide that for him. Um, but he was so gracious and kind to just remind me that he was marrying me, not for my ovaries, but marrying me. (laughs) If you know Brentwood, that is definitely a Brentwood saying. That's probably exactly what he said. Absolutely what he said. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, we entered into marriage and, uh, we really, I think we're on the page of, we don't know how long it will take to possibly get pregnant if that's even going to occur. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, and adenomyosis. So um, we knew it was going to be really just a gamble of if anything would ever be able to happen. So uh, we started the journey, and nothing was going, um, really. And um, so we just kind of stepped into um, talking with um, 
um, my OB, um, and she uh, was so great just to kind of start um, the process of like getting tested for different things and just checking my blood work and uh, and things. And so we found quickly, you know, I like have no progesterone um, whatsoever. Um, so we would do progesterone tests to see like when it would be at its highest or if it would be at its highest. And then we did um, medication for that. And my brain just totally went blank on um the medication that we did for the progesterone, but that's okay. But, um, we would do that and have to go back in for testing and test the levels and things like that. And like, I remember after so many, you know, months of trying that, um, the levels, it just, if, if I were on zero, um, typically, um, it would still be on zero after, (laughs) after the progesterone, but it would just make me feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were, we were working and living at a camp, uh, look up lodge. And, um, if you've ever um, known anybody in the the ministry, you know, they don't make a lot of money. And so we kind of were like, I think we need to wave the white flag here, uh, that this might not be the best, um, route for our family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we stepped back, um, and just really started beginning prayer on, you know, um, would the Lord have us look at adoption or are there other areas that he would have us? So we, you know, we started praying, we started doing research on the internet. Uh, we visited things like, um, uh, Bethany Christian services. They would have, um, like a night where they would explain who they were, um, and like an orientation night. And so we, we just were trying to educate ourselves on what things were available at the time. And, um, so we kind of left that conversation, um, as, we're just going to trust the Lord that if he desires, uh, for us to adopt, then, you know, he's going to make a way there. And we, we kind of had like a seven year plan of it's going to take us a while to, uh, to afford adoption. So, um, we were kind of looking, you know, distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we finished like a summer at camp, I guess it was. And then, um, I can't remember when it was. The, um, my brain's yeah, that was 16 years ago, Jesse. That's that's a long time <laughs> There's ago. There's lots of grace for that. <laughs> there has to be, right? Um, but we um, really had stopped pretty much everything except for prayer, and mm-hmm. um, and our families and our friends were surrounding us in those prayers as well. And um, it was after a summer, and I really just started noticing not feeling well, um, and just was like something's not right. Um, and so I decided I would take a pregnancy test. And at that point in my life, I despised pregnancy tests. I had taken so many and received so many negative ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really just an ache um, every time to just pick one up. You know, um, It just stirred up so much emotion of, I know it's going to be negative. Why am I doing this to myself? Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to do a pregnancy test. Um, and it could be, I have like such a super irregular cycle. So it's not like I could just wait for my next cycle because I would really never know when it would occur. <laughs> so um, the pregnancy tests were helpful in that sense of being like, okay, there's there's nothing there. Um, but we were having a game night with a friend that night specifically. And um, it was a fellow staff member at LookUp. And for some reason, I decided I needed to take this pregnancy test before we had this dinner. And... Uh, and so I did and uh, left it on the back of the toilet seat and just walked out into the living room and Brent's in the kitchen, you know, preparing dinner. And I was feeling low, you know, I'd just done the pregnancy test and uh, the timer had gone off and I just I was like, Brent, can you just check it, please? You know, I, I just did not have, I didn't have it in me to do it. And he walked in and 
uh, who, my goodness, it was such like, I thought he was lying to me. Um, he was like, uh, babe. <laughs> and, uh, it was definitely positive mm-hmm. and I thought he was lying and I definitely was not happy that he would have chosen to lie to me, but he wasn't thankfully. <laughs> um, and, uh, we were just stunned. Mm-hmm. We were really just stunned and we could not help but want to finish our meal with our friend faster than we had even arri- like he arriving in our home like it hadn't even begun and we wanted it over because we wanted to go and tell like um everyone mm-hmm. and we were just so thankful that the lord had provided a moment for us to give give praise mm-hmm. um and so we did uh we rushed through our meal with our friend derek poor derek and um rushed him out didn't even have a game night with him <laughs> and <laughs> and we ran over to our dear friends the boons and um even brought our pregnancy test and laid it on their ottoman. <laughs> we were just so stoked to get to share the wonderful news. They had partnered with us so sweetly in prayer, and we just rejoiced that night. Um, mm. And we j- rejoiced for the life that was growing um, in my body, you know. Mm. And so uh, we quickly just started uh, the adventure of going to the doctor. Um, and right away, um, they were afraid that Maddie was going to be an ectopic uh, pregnancy. Mm. And so I was put on bed rest for like a week, week and a half, two weeks, um, which was hard because then it was like the all the excitement of, yes, um, kind of it fell to the floor of, oh, no, you know. Mm. Um, and so, but we just, we waited and hoped. And um, we went in for our next appointment and um, she had made it to the correct place. And so she was beginning her journey in my uterus. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Um, so, um, I was very, very sick my first trimester. Mm -hmm. I felt terrible. Uh, I could not eat. Um, I was just a sick, sick person, but I just found myself so thankful that I was throwing up. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had such a sweet husband, um, Brentwood, because we lived on camp. Brent would come, (laughs) um, he would leave for work that morning, you know, and then he would come mid morning and he would clean out my, my, my throw up bucket basically. Mm -hmm. And then, um, cause a lot of times I couldn't make it to the toilet. I was just throwing up that much. Mm -hmm. And, um, then he would come in at lunch, do the same thing. And, um, he would eat lunch and (laughs) poor guy. And, you know, it was just, that was what our, our first half of pregnancy looks like, you know, and, um, and it, you know, it was terrible in a sense, like no one enjoys throwing up, but I just was so excited. It was just like, I'm getting to throw up because there's a baby in my body mm-hmm. and that it in itself was just a huge miracle. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really loved that, that I could throw up for my daughter. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, um, also we did not know what, um, Maddie's sex was. We decided we wanted to wait and be surprised. So, um, so that was a lot of fun getting to be just like dreamy as a parent, you know, of not knowing and, and not really being able to play it and just really waiting upon the Lord and waiting for Maddie just to arrive and like show us who, who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so pregnancy, uh, first trimester was really tough and literally, uh, the night before, uh, new year's, um, had been throwing up all night long. We got up on, um, on new year's day, uh, uh, and I was craving pizza mm-hmm. and so much so that I said, I want little Caesar's pizza, cheese pizza, please. And I want breadsticks and I really want garlic sauce. And Brent was like, babe, I cannot get that for you. Like, that is the worst thing. Like, do you know how sick you've been? Like, but I needed it. Like everything in my body was craving this meal. Wow. And so he's like, oh, 
okay. So New Year's Day, he goes and gets me Little Caesars pizza, which, oh, I don't even know why Little Caesars. But anyway, yeah. So I ate that thing and I never threw up again. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have no idea. It, yeah, maybe I should have eaten that like at the beginning, but I don't know. Anyway, um, so that was the miracle meal. Uh, <laughs> but after that, really, um, everything went super smoothly on our end of just walking through this new journey. I mean, we were really young and kind of naive, I think, in, in our journey. Um, we did what we thought, you know, was good movements. You know, we went to the classes that were provided at the hospital that we chose and, um, went to, um, yeah, went to the classes. Uh, we went to a few of them. Um, we, uh, I'm trying to think, we read books that we, we we were handed by people and that we trusted in their parenting. And um, so we were just kind of like, okay, this is new to us. We have no idea what we're doing, but thank you so much, you know. And um, and so we created like our birth plan and what our hopes were for for those moments with Maddie in the, in the hospital. And we chose to do the hospital um so we, yeah, we lived like 30 minutes away or 45 minutes away from our closest hospital. So mm-hmm. we knew, um, when it was time, you know, there was going to be a trick, um, to, you know, we really needed to know what was going on. Um, my mom had also encouraged me that her deliveries were really fast. So if anything, you know, were hereditary in that sense that you know, maybe I should be even more ready since we were far away. Uh, so, um, yeah, again, everything went really smoothly. Our doctors were great at our practice that we had chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, at the time, they provided uh, doula services at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, oh, I can get on board with a mother's helper. Yes, mm-hmm. like give us all the help because we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we signed up for that service. And um, yeah, uh, so we uh, passed our due date for Maddie, actually. Um and not by much, literally, it was the next day I was going in for, um, just my checkup at that, at that point. Uh, so, um, that morning I woke up, it was the day after our due date. Um, and I, I really felt different, very, very different. I was like, something's, something's happening today. Um, and I think our appointment was like at nine or 10, maybe 10. And so I called Brent and was like, something's going on. I think I'm definitely having contractions, not just the Braxton Hicks, you know, like something's, something's moving. Um, and he's like, well, do you think we should go to the hospital? I was like, no, let me just call the doctor. So we called and they were like, well, just come in for your regular appointment. So we did that. And, um, sure enough, like, um, contractions were really good and steady at that point. And, um, and they were like, you're, you're definitely going to have a baby today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, Oh, okay, we're definitely gonna have a baby. And so I think that was probably, uh, like 10 o'clock. Um, and we rolled around, um, our practice was literally right beside the hospital. So we were right there. So it was really handy. So they were like, why don't you just go on over to the hospital? So we literally walked out to the car and just moved it to the other side of the building. (laughs) It wasn't a long trek. Um, but by the time I had gotten out of my doctor's appointment, um, in that setting and moved over to the hospital, my blood pressure had gone to skyrocket. Mm. And, um, so much so they, they tested it like three or four times. Um, and they're like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, just super excited. You know, we're going to have a baby today (laughs) (laughs) just in case anybody needed to know. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, we, um, we're surprised by that. And I think, 
um, I was kind of sad uh, because it did not, it didn't sit with the birth plan that I had written up. You know, mm-hmm. I did not write on there um, to have high blood pressure. <laughs> so I don't know why it, you know, like somehow skipped that. Um, but anyway, um, it did. And, um, and it changed the course of what we had wanted. Um, so they really were fighting for, we need to lower your blood pressure, you know? So, um, they had me lay on my left side and I was thinking, I'm gonna have to lay on my left side until this baby gets here or mm-hmm. like my blood pressure issue resolves. And, um, so that was really disappointing for me, I think. Um, like in that initial moment. Um, but it was so sweet of the father. Um, when I rolled over to my left side, um, this hospital, um, is a Catholic hospital. And so over on the left side, there was Jesus, um, hanging on the cross. And it was just a spot of reference for me for the entire, like time I was in the hospital. Um, anytime I, um, would get down on like, this is, not the plan I had written out. Mm -hmm. And this isn't my desires or anything. I just, the Lord drew my eyes to that cross and, and just reminded me that Christ endured the cross and I can endure anything because of what he has equipped me with. And that's his spirit. Mm -hmm. And so it was just such a great reminder, even though it wasn't the plan that I had gone in with, like that anything from the father is good. And even though it might not be wrapped up in the way that we would like it, he is such a good and caring father. And so he met me in those moments, which was so just life giving really. Um, so we, um, let's see, we arrived at the hospital, like, I don't know, I guess 12 ish. Maybe that's right. Yeah. I I guess around 12 ish. And, um, and they were just monitoring me, monitoring the baby. Um, and it went so fast. So we got there around 12 ish and Maddie was born at three sixteen. Yeah, uh, I love her her numbers really. I I am not much of a, a numbers person, but I love it when numbers show up in their in neat ways. So Maddie's birthday is six thirteen oh five, and she was born at three sixteen, um, mm-hmm. and I just love that. I think it's so fun. Sly has his own set of fun numbers too, but um, we're talking about my girl right now. But um, so um, she um, well, I started feeling a lot of pressure and knew something is changing. I need to push. And, um, and I had not had any, um, epidural. I hadn't had anything, which I was super thankful for because those, those were the things that were on my list that I'd really wanted to fight for. Um, and she was really so fast that, um, she allowed me to have those things, (laughs) you know? And so, um, but so she really was coming. I could feel it the, the nurses and even the doula were so surprised when I was like, I need to push now. And, um, they were like, no, 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 let's check you. And the doctor happened to walk right in. She checked and said, Oh my goodness, it's time to, to move now. So they literally, it was like the scene from a movie. They're like moving their arms, flipping around, putting on the stuff. I mean, it's just everything. The bed's changing, like all the things. And they're, they're telling me, and this is my kids and Brent's favorite part of the story, but, uh, they're telling me, Amanda, I, I, we need you to blow out candles, breathe like you're blowing out candles. You cannot push right now. And so in my brain, I'm thinking, how do you blow out candles? I could not remember. How do you blow out candles? And, um, so I was attempting to remember how to blow out candles. And when I did, the only thing that came out was, you know, I just like blew slobber and blew everything everywhere. And everyone just laughed. Like they just started laughing. And I was like, I definitely did not blow out candles, you know? And they're like, no. So they're all in there helping me to remember how to blow out candles. And, um, 
And finally, the doctor said, you can push. And so I did. And like, I feel like I got one good push in. And then she said, I need you to stop. Um, and there was meconium that came out. And so they wanted to just check everything and make sure everything was okay with Maddie um, because she was like right there. Um, and so it was a very quiet room. No cries, none of the things that you're thinking, I get to hear, you know, and um, everything was really silent. And so it was kind of scary. Um, and um, she had taken in her mouth some of the meconium, but thankfully she had not taken that breath to uh, take into her sweet lungs. Mm -hmm. So we were just really, really thankful for that. Um, but her heart rate was not steady. Um, and she was very just lifeless, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so again, very, very scary. Um, so much so they had the NICU nurse come right in. Um, and like, we didn't even get to like touch, see, they were off with Maddie. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then they were also tending to my blood pressure because it was still just skyrocketing. Um, so it was just a, a whirlwind of things. Um, and really I felt kind of out of it, I think because of my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think in a lot of ways I felt more like I was, um, somewhat just responsive to like the things that were happening and not like, I've got a game plan guys, let's talk through this, you know, mm -hmm. but it's just like, okay, I, I'm really trusting the authority I've put myself under here in this hospital and these doctors and these nurses. And I am, I'm trusting that the father has all of this in his care. And so that was kind of how that you know started. Um, Maddie ended up being in the NICU for a week. I was in the hospital, um, well, Maddie was a week and a day, and I was in the hospital for a week. Um, and so, and I just, again, think that was just the kindness of the Lord, which sounds crazy um, to think, like, kindness of the Lord. Why would you say that's kindness mm -hmm. of the Lord? You're in the hospital. But I got to be in the same place my daughter was in, and we didn't have to be separated, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I didn't have to drive from my home to the hospital every single day. So mm -hmm. that was just a gift. Um, so Brent was really torn in the sense of, wanting to tend to me, but also super wanting to be engaging with what's going on with Maddie. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't able to leave my room for a number of days. I was super just out of it with my blood pressure. They, at that point they had put me on um, magnesium, um, or actually they may have actually given me magnesium while I was in labor too, uh, because of the blood pressure. Um, so they, I was just really, really out of it. My muscles were just out of it. I couldn't move like I could normally move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I just felt like, a I don't know, like a blob of just jello. Mm. Um, so, um, I remember, uh, really wanting to, to nurse Maddie. That was, I really wanted to fight for that for her. Um, but because she was so, um, her body was just so temperamental. Like anytime she was touched, her heart rate would just go crazy. Mm. Um, and she just, she was in a little little bubble, um, in the, in the NICU. And it was just so pitiful and sad. Brent would would get to go and see her, couldn't touch her, um, but he would bring pictures back to me, which just were so heartbreaking because I couldn't get in there to see her. Um, and so we started pumping, um, and which was super defeating because my body was just not producing anything at first. Um, so we were so, so excited when we finally first got uh, the colostrum, that first gold, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and it was just so minor. Like it was just like that drop you know, please give it to her. It's going to help. You know, we were just so <laughs> rejoicing in that, um, you know, of the things that we'd read and be like, Oh, this is, this is gonna, this is going to be helpful. Do this right here, you know, um, in our sweet little naiveness. Um, but we, um, 
just kept journeying each day. And um, I was getting better. Maddie was getting stronger. Um, she had a, um, a little tube, and so they were feeding her with the tube. Um, uh, and uh, we finally got to the point where we could go in and uh, we could hold her in the NICU mm -hmm. and we even got to do the tube feedings with her and learning how to do that with her. Um, man, that feels so long ago. It's just mm -hmm. crazy. But I still even remember there's a way you could burp your baby by popping the top of the, of the tube syringe. Oh. And that was how you let the gas out of their bellies and just yeah. being like, Oh my goodness, that's so wild. Um, so just learning how to do that because there was a chance that we would have to maybe do that at home. Um, yeah. So we were like, okay, whatever we need to do. Um, so we just kept riding the train out. We were there for a week. Um, and it literally, like our, my last day in the hospital, we were just so grieved. We did not want to leave. We did not want to leave Maddie. Like we were just, oh, it was just the hardest thing to think through. Um, but we um, had the, um, the most amazing nurse. And she really was just like, I'm going to drag my feet with the paperwork today. And you know, if it just doesn't get out there and you have to stay like all day here at the hospital and, you know, be here for your daughter, that's just what we're going to have to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was just an angel really mm -hmm. was. And she, she drug her feet and the paperwork didn't get accomplished. And we literally didn't leave the hospital till like nearly eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, and we were so thankful. We mm -hmm. got to spend another day with Maddie and we had an amazing nurse in the NICU that day. Um, and she just talked about how well Maddie had done with her feedings. Mm -hmm. Um, and that she said, if we can get her to feed on the bottle for 24 hours, then she can go home. Mm. And so we were just like, Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Let's fight for that. So I still had not had the opportunity to nurse her. Um, and we were just trying to get her to be able to, to take in something, um, outside of the, the tube feedings. So, um, we left and it was so sad and we went home to our, our home at the camp and it was just so weird having this child in the hospital and coming home and she's not with us. And, um, it, it, um, yeah, it, there was just a loneliness there that, um, was met, you know, mm -hmm. just, uh, yeah, like we were aching for her and, uh, so thankful that we could love her so much already in, you know, um, at that point. So we, um, we're at home and literally the next morning at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, we got a call from the NICU and said she was amazing. She had done all of her feedings and that if we were at the hospital at, you know, blah, blah, blah time today, that she would get to come home, you know, uh -huh. that she had done just amazingly. So we were like, okay, we're on our way. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and we got to spend like so many hours with her in the NICU that morning. And that afternoon we got to take her home and mm -hmm. she was the tiniest little thing. Um, I mean, she was a day late, but she was just so tiny. She was six pounds and uh, five ounces. Um, and she was just long and lean and tiny and we had a girl and we were like, Oh my gosh, we don't have anything pink. And so <laughs> my mom and my sister were there and they were running out to try to find pink things to, to put on her so she could be pink and girly. And, um, yeah, so that, um, was such a treat to just get to, to be surprised. And even though the surprise wasn't that moment of like, everybody's a gas in the room and it's a girl and they hand you this baby, you know, and it was really more like 
it's a girl and you, they swooped her away, you know? Mm. Um, it was still precious. You know, like it still is precious. And we've gotten 16 amazing years with the sweet girl and we could not be more thankful. Mm. Yeah. So that's Moo. That's our Maddie Moo. Um, that's her story. Yeah. Yeah. What was your postpartum season like? Especially following your blood pressure oh, challenges. It was tough. Mm-hmm. It was really tough. I um, I felt kind of like a basket case, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so, so thankful. My sister um, came to stay. She and her, oh my goodness, I say little kids. They are not little kids anymore. They're complete adults. My niece just got married like two weeks ago. And so I'm super, super old. But um, so my niece, Alexis, and my nephew, Wesley, and my sister, Selena, all came. And they were rock stars mm-hmm. and just were my hands and feet, honestly, because I was just really out of it. Um, I came home on blood pressure medicine and, um, and I think my, my hormones and emotions just were in that whirlwind, uh, Mm -hmm. along with my body and blood pressure. Um, so, um, they were just amazing and helpful and were right there. Um, I could not figure out nursing. I couldn't get Maddie to latch on. I am such a rule follower. Um, I had all my information that I had received at all my classes. I remember specifically um, being up in our room one night and um, just really having a meltdown. You know, I literally am on the bed. I'm holding Maddie. I've got papers galore just literally surrounding me, trying to look at the diagrams, trying to read the information. Like, what am I doing wrong here? Like, I cannot feed this child. Like, they're going to put another tube in her. Like, mm-hmm. this is nuts. And Maddie's screaming. She's she's hungry, you know. I'm screaming to like internally because I can't figure out what in the world I'm doing. And my sister is such a modest person. She is, she's just really lovely. And, um, man, she walks like bombards herself into the room, just like opens the door and she's like, move the papers. And I'm thinking, I I can't move the papers. This is my lifeline to figuring everything out. You know, like, what are you doing to me? And, um, she's like, move the papers. And she swooshed the papers away and she picked my daughter up and she just nestled her right in and Maddie latched. And I was like, well, why didn't you come in here sooner? <laughs> you know? Um, and she was like, you've got to get out of your head and you've got to not worry about what all the papers are telling you to do. And you've got to follow your instincts as a mother. The Lord has given you that. Mm-hmm. And it was so good to hear and be reminded, you know, the Lord has given us everything we need for every moment that we're in. He's so sufficient. And he was, he was that, he was just sufficient in that moment with Maddie. And she latched on and she was the slowest eater in the land. I mean, <laughs> uh, until the moment that we stopped um, nursing, she was the slowest eater in the land. Um, I felt like literally our whole first year was just nursing (laughs) because we would literally finish and it would be time to start again. (laughs) But, um, it was just the sweetest, honestly. Like I, I loved that time of just getting to be with her. There was just, I don't know, there's nothing sweeter than that one-on-one time, uh, with your baby, you know, Mm -hmm. that touch time, that feeling them and talking to them and hearing their coos. And it was just, just a gift. So, um, yeah, so, um, but my sister, um, as much as she was bold in that moment, um, and proactive and just helping us, um, there, she was that across the board. Um, and I, I remember the day that she left thinking, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to do this without her here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and really when she was leaving, I was a puddle. We had stairs in our house, um, that were carpeted going up. And, um, I remember just sitting on the stairs and just sobbing. Maddie's up at the top of the stairs. And so she's like right there with me and, um, and I'm on the stairs and I'm just crying and not wanting my sister to leave, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but she was like, it's time, it's time. You need to learn how to do this and you can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just still, I just felt so inadequate. Um, but it was so sweet to have someone being my cheerleader and, 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 you know, just fighting for me in that corner. Yeah. Um, and I know Brent was as well. Um, but he, I think also felt a lot of inadequacy to, um, too. We were in the middle of a summer at camp and that was the heart of his job was the summertime. And so, um, the camp was so, so gracious and giving us, you know, extra time to tend to what was going on with Maddie and, and my body. And, um, but he really needed to get back focused and, and loving those campers and loving the staffers and doing what he was called to do. Um, but I was so afraid. Um, and that summer was really hard. Um, it really felt like I was, um, a solo parent, you know, because Brent was doing what he was called to do. And I was attempting to learn how to parent (laughs) in that situation, in that Mm -hmm. season with Maddie. And I just really felt alone and I felt scared and, um, I didn't feel like I knew at all what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought I've already ruined her, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I I think I've learned now after maybe 16 years of, I I, I can't really ruin Maddie. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing I can do can really ruin Maddie because the Lord is sovereign over her life mm-hmm. and he can speak into her life in all the ways that I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, um, yeah, I think after the end of that summer and just really being lonely and, and struggling through Brent and I had a weekend away Well, and Maddie came too, but we had a weekend away, um, and the weekend was fine. It wasn't like this monumental weekend of like, oh, we reconnected and everything was wonderful. It wasn't anything like that, honestly. Like we were on our way back home uh, to the camp after the weekend and we had stopped, I think, maybe to get gas or something. We were, or maybe we just stopped on purpose, but we were in the parking lot and I was just like, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know who I am. And we have this baby and I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> And this was not at all on that list that we talked about with birthing. Like that wasn't on the list. Like before when we were really praying for a child and we were hoping that the Lord would gift us with one, like that wasn't on the list. Like this is so far from all the things that we had hoped and envisioned. Um, But it was just a good place of, I think, bottom for us to um, climb back with the Lord and recognizing like we cannot do any of our parenting. We can't do any of the things within our marriage unless he is our foundation. And so it was just a really good, good hitting of the bottom and recognizing like we lost sight in our emotions. We lost sight in the tough. We lost sight, you know, and so we needed to regain our vision. Mm -hmm. And he was so gracious to meet us in that spot and, um, you know, um, just slowly getting out of the loneliness occurred and slowly, you know, just learning, you know, to adjust schedules and mm-hmm. slowly partnering, you know, back with Brent and, you know, just all of the things that come with like relearning, you know, in a lot of ways, but learning fresh too, because it was mm-hmm. like a new story, you know, yeah. we'd never had a baby before. So we were brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
yeah, I think that was probably postpartum struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Maddie. Yeah. What was the transition like then to when you guys were expecting Sly? Like, had you kind of found your groove with Maddie before you yeah, came along? I do think so. Yeah. So, um, we really thought Maddie was like our miracle baby and that, that was the, you know, that was the one and only, and we were not going to be gifted with any other. And honestly, we were completely sufficient at that time with that idea. Like we were like, yeah, that is, that's fine. Like we could not be more thankful for this gift that the father has given, like that's wonderful. Like how could we ask for anything more because he's already given himself, you know, and he's given this awesome, sweet little girl who's absolutely adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, uh, just really didn't think that that was going to be on like our list of next. And Mm -hmm. so we were still at the camp and the Lord was leading us away from the camp. Um, but we did not know what our next steps were going to be, but we just really knew we were supposed to leave. And so, um, we left in faith and trusting like the Lord was going to provide, you know, work and home and just all the things. Um, and, and we left and not long after we left, I started feeling weird again. And I was thinking, I remember this feeling. What in the world? And so I, um, and Maddie and I went to the drugstore and picked up a pregnancy test. And I was thinking, I never thought I was going to have to see a pregnancy test again. Like Mm -hmm. I really was kind of surprised. Oh, I'm buying a pregnancy test. And so to get home to our little townhouse in TR and it was positive. And honestly, it shocked the dickens out of me. And I was kind of I know this is going to sound terrible, but I was kind of frustrated with the Lord. I was thinking, how dare you do this when we're, we can't provide, we can't take care of this new baby. We, we, we're barely holding on ourselves and we have no idea what we're doing. And, um, it was just a really good, I don't know, smack to the head for me of how dare I question what he wants to provide for us. Like, you know, his manna is more than enough. You know, he showed that to the Israelites and how dare I not rejoice in the manna of my child, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, note taken. Thank you so much for kicking my tail. Mm -hmm. Um, And how dare I be in one place in one season of my life and not recall that so easily when being gifted with a precious child, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, that was a good kick in the pants for me. Brent was completely stunned and surprised okay. and excited. Maddie had no idea. She um, was oblivious. <laughs> so she was um, about two, you know. And um, so we uh, started walking through this new pregnancy, and this one was a breeze. Like, I had, like, moments of maybe where I kind of felt a little nauseated, but I was just like, this kid is already amazing. Like, just the best. Um And, um, um, we decided that we wanted to know the sex of this child. And so that was Brent's really decision. I would have waited to be surprised. I think that's just such a fun gamble. I don't know. Um, but I don't feel like that's typically my behavior, but Mm -hmm. for some reason it was, uh, but so we decided to know and we found out it was a boy and, um, I was really overwhelmed with the thought of having a boy. Um, I'm not a very... I don't know, boyish kind of girl, if you will. <laughs> I know how to do girl. I know pink. I know bows. I know frou-frou. Like, I, I know that kind of stuff. And I just really felt overwhelmed. Like, how in the world are we, how, how am I going to raise a boy? Like, I don't know. I remember having that conversation um, with Brentwood 
and just being like, what, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, and he was just so gracious to remind me like, Amanda, the Lord knows how to raise a boy. Like he's given you everything you need to walk that out with him, you know, and and you're not, you don't have to teach Sly how to be a boy. He's going to know how to be himself. Um, and so, uh, I was like, okay, we're going to trust that the God who crafted us together to be image bearers is going to allow our son to be an image bearer of Mm -hmm. him. And so we, um, yeah, walked through a really easy breezy pregnancy with, with our buddy. And, um, Maddie even helped us pick out his name. The names are really important for us. Um, that was one of the things that we prayed for, like with Maddie and with Sly of just what were we going to name our children and why? Um, and so Brent really got ownership of, of Maddie's in a lot of ways. Um, and we both um, get, and Maddie got to play a part in Sly's, but Maddie's name is Honored Lady Full of Grace. And really that's ultimately our prayer is as the Lord crafts her together, that she will be an honored lady full of grace. Mm. And um, with Sly, we knew we wanted to go with the name Jeremiah. Um, there was a young man that was just such a, I don't know, just a, a sweet uh personification of Jesus, um, that had worked with us at the camp and, um, we just loved him so much. And, uh, so we really wanted to use Jeremiah's name. Um, and, but we didn't know what we wanted to use with it. And so one day we were out at lunch and Maddie had done something at the table and we laughed and, um, and in our laughter, I think we described it as that was so sly. And as soon as it came from one of our lips, we, we were like, I wonder what Sly means. And so we went and looked it up and Sly means of the wood and our last name is Wood. And so we were like, that's very fitting. So Mm. uh, Jeremiah is chosen by God. And so for us, our prayer is that Sly will always walk in the knowledge that he was chosen by God Mm. um, and whatever it is that the Lord calls him to. So um, yeah, so we easy breezy uh, pregnancy with Sly. We continued just to roll with the hospital and um, the doctors that we had chosen uh, previously. Uh, We felt good about those decisions. Uh, We also knew like in the background of like um, my blood pressure issues. And so that was a conversation that was on the table like the whole time and and how we would prepare for that. And um, so as we got closer to the due date, um, they really did not want for me to go past my due date because that's what had happened with Maddie. Um, and they didn't want to like revamp the same situation. And so again, we just positioned ourselves in a place of trusting our authority of saying, okay, you, you know, this better than we do. We have not done the homework ultimately, uh, to know all of the things. And so we're going to trust you to be our authority in this. And so they did, um, plan for like an, an induction date, induction date. That sounds funny. Um, anyway, um, yeah, we'll roll with it. Um, and so, um, we did that and, um, we got to the hospital and they, uh, started with Pitocin and, um, everything was rolling. Okay. You know, I felt fine. Pitocin was in my body and, um, but it wasn't really like rolling really fast. So they were like, we kind of need to up the Pitocin. And so we did that. And uh, then things really started kind of moving a little bit, um, more quickly. Um, you know, I, again, had kind of written out a birthing plan. Um, but I think I gave a lot more wiggle room this time Mm -hmm. of just recognizing how very vast the changes had been (laughs) from the ones that I had originally written and what the Lord actually, um, you know, accomplished in that time with Maddie. So I was like, ah, 
you know, we'll just, these are some highlighted goals. We'll just see how it rolls, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, so I would not have wanted to have been induced. I really wanted for Sly just to have kickstarted on his own. Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't really on my list of to do's, but it was, and it, and it happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the contractions that I was feeling to the, with the Pitocin, they were really intense, Mm -hmm. a lot more intense than I had remembered experiencing anything with Maddie. And, um, and so really just really pushing through and, um, and just really like, okay, here we go. You know, a lot of standing and moving. They, um, I got to walk around, which that was like such a dream for Mm me, um, because I didn't get to do that with Maddie. And, um, so getting to walk around and move in the room and like Brent massage my back and like do the things that we'd really wanted on, you know, that were on that list originally with Maddie. And it was like, oh, we, we are getting to do these things. This is what that experience is like. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but I hit a point where, uh, physically just, I, I could not stop shaking. My body was in just so much pain and, um, and Brent really was just aware and, um, not that he, uh, pushed in any way, but just encouraged, like, do you think it's time to ask for help? You know, do you need help? And, uh, I, it was good for him to throw that out to me, uh, because I, I think I wasn't, I, I wouldn't have been able to think clearly in that moment. And, mm-hmm. um, I was like, yes, I, th- I think I might need some help. And, um, so we asked for an epidural and so they came in and, um, they're preparing everything and getting everything set. And, um, literally they put the needle in and right when they did, I said, I need, I need to push. And it was like that reoccurring moment with Maddie where it was like, Oh, it's time. Hey everybody. Just, just in case. And he was like, no, honey, you're going to have to wait. Now the needles here, we have to do this. And so it was like, I'm going to have to blow candles again, you know? Um, so it was just a moment of like, okay, we're just gonna, we're just going to trust the process here. We're already here and we're just going to trust the process. So they got me all settled back after the needle and everything was all set in and, um, and sure enough, they checked and it was time to push. (laughs) So like afterwards, the pushing was great. And, um, and then I got to really relax. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is so great. I don't feel anything. (laughs) So, um, Sly came just as quickly as Maddie, like one or two good pushes and he was just out. So whatever my mom gave me was good stuff. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, so Sly came quickly. Um, yeah, again, um, I'm trying to remember the time frame of how long, um, from the Pitocin, but I just cannot remember. I'm sorry. That's 13 years ago. That's terrible. Right. Um, but, uh, so Sly's numbers, cause we love the numbers with our kids. Um, 11, 07, that's his birth date. And he was born at 107. Oh, not fun. Just yeah. love it. I know. Number nerd. So likely you had been induced that morning. Yeah. And so it was within like six-ish yeah. probably hours that he was, wow. Yeah. So wow. it was fast. Yeah. It was really fast. Um, yeah. So he came and he was a giant in comparison to Maddie. Maddie with our little six pound, five ounces, um, and Sly was eight, five. And it was just like, how can two pounds make that big of a difference? But it did. He was <laughs> yeah. a chunk and a half. Um, he came out, I think, um, asking for like food. Um, <laughs> where's my burger mom? And, um, 
his blood sugar was a little low. And so they immediately were like, we need to feed this guy. And so we did. And he um, was such a great feeder. He was an aggressive feeder though. Um, so that was some things that we had to work through with him. Um, but he was just a really, really easy baby, super, super easy, um, which was great. You know, Maddie was a little bit more temperamental when she was two and a half. So it was perfect to, you know, be able to have an, an easy kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and her kiddos again came to stay with me mm-hmm. after we brought Sly home from the hospital. And so, um, that time was super sweet. Um, but it was actually shorter than the time that she stayed the first time, I think, because I was actually, I was able to, to be in a, in a healthier place mentally and emotionally, um, which I was super, super thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, just having one kiddo under our belt, there were certain things that we just felt a little bit more confident in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, so I don't feel like my emotional state was as, was a problem there for me to have to fight for. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent had a different job at the time. So his schedule was a lot more flexible too. So he was able to be around a little bit more, um, right after we had Sly. Mm-hmm. So that was a gift of not feeling like I was parenting solo mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, even if it was parenting solo for the kingdom, it was still parenting solo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we had Sly and my sister, um, headed out and, and we just started rolling. Um, so postpartum was pretty, pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing both of their stories. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions we recently added in that I really love is if you could tell either Maddie or Sly or both mm. something about their births or about birth in general, mm-hmm. um, what would that be? Hmm. I, I really definitely want to tell Maddie, and I think she's heard, um, they love their birth stories. Like, mm-hmm. they could probably tell them. Um, they've heard them so many times. They just love them, um, which is cool because I know you love birth stories. <laughs> so, um, But I, if I could tell Maddie anything, and I think that she would probably already know, um, is that how much she was prayed for before she was even here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm an easy crier. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think as a, a young woman and um, as a, a, an older woman, um, it's just so precious to know that we've been prayed for and that someone cares so much about us that they want to meet with the Father on our behalf. And um, the cool thing is, you know, we don't know our children when they're in our womb. And, um, and we didn't even know when Maddie was actually in our womb, you know, (laughs) like that was such a sweet surprise. Um, and she was just prayed for by so many people and, and we prayed for her. We were fighting for her. Um, and the cool thing is, is, and that's never really stopped, Mm -hmm. you know? So as much as if she could take anything away from her birth story and what she, you know, walked into is that she was covered in prayer. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what would be the thing that I would tell my, my slime man. Uh, I guess I think it would go back to my heart, um, with, um, how I was not prepared for his arrival. Mm -hmm. Um, and just letting him know how very loved he is. 
and how wanted he is. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm just terribly sorry that we live in a world that um, our selfishness gets in the way and our fears get in the way. Um, yeah. And to just um, know how very loved he is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Such a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> our life and family would not be the same. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we talked just a little bit beforehand about how to kind of gospel to ourselves through pregnancy, birth, motherhood. Um, and I feel like that's something that you've taught me a lot about in our mm -hmm. time together. And I would love if you would share with the listeners kind of maybe what that looks like for you or how you would maybe train or help someone be able to do that with their own story. Sure. Sure. So I was thinking about that today, um, just that idea of the gospel and birth stories and and just my experience in general. And I think the Lord was so kind to just give me two kind of grounding pictures, if you will. So I think a lot of times when I think about the gospel um, in reference to like the word, you know, I think I always get this picture of like a firm foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I think this idea of being planted in a firm foundation of the gospel is super imperative. But then the Lord was also so kind to give me a picture of almost kind of a person really planted in a position, um, but with like an umbrella. So I think as much as the gospel is and needs to be our foundation, um, it also is the thing that covers us, mm -hmm. if you will. If you mm -hmm. think of the umbrella, how it's covering a person. Mm -hmm. um, so um, when I think back to specifically my time um, in my story with Maddie um, in the hospital, you know, and how super kind of the Lord uh, to roll me all onto my left side and really center me in on the image of of my Jesus hanging on the cross. And... Um, you know, I think there's so many things that go through a person's mind um, when they're in labor. And, and it was just so kind of the Lord to position my eyes on Him, you know, so that when I felt something or when I was experiencing something, my gaze was continually on Him. And I think that that's been just a good reference point for me throughout my life of mm -hmm. saying, Amanda, and this is where I want it to stay. Mm -hmm. Like, I want your gaze to be here. I want your foundation to be here. And I want you to know that the gospel also covers you here. Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes fixed here. Um, so um, this summer, our children went to uh, a camp, well, which is actually the camp that we used to work at. Um, and uh, they really focused in on the gospel, which is just so, I don't know, helpful. You know, mm -hmm. like I think every believer has to have a full understanding of what the gospel is. You know, I think we can walk around and be like, I'm a Christian and I know Jesus died on the cross. And, and you bank on that's your gospel. But there's so much more to the gospel than that, you know, Jesus died on the cross. So um, it was so great for them to just have these wonderful conversations with Maddie and Sly and all the other campers too, um, and just get to be kind of like, um, I got to sit back and just hear the conversations too, and just be like, yes, mm -hmm. this is, this is that firm foundation, but it's also that covering, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I have this little card in front of me that look up, printed up, and I just, I love the way that they did this, but uh, they reminded uh, the children that we have a just God. Okay, and so it says that God created us in his image. 
He is a holy, good, and a just God. He created us to be in a relationship with Him. And, and so that's really where it starts. We have to have an understanding of who God is. Um, and then from there, recognizing who we are apart from God, that we are helpless sinners. We have no hope outside of Him. Um, and it says uh, we experience the fall. Humans sinned and broke that relationship. We believe a lie about God, that he is not holy, not good, and not just. We believe that he does not have our best interests and that on our own, we can do better. Which reminds me, you know, a lot of so many places within my own story, I think I can do better than God. And Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that's a, that's a big old lie, Mm -hmm. big lie. Um, So we are alienated from God and subject to his wrath. Uh, which should really just, we should find ourselves broken because of that and in need of something. And it, that need is a sufficient sacrifice. Um, so redemption, what does that look like? In his just mercy, God requires a perfect sacrifice for re- reconciliation with people. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be fully God and fully human and rescue us from our sin. Jesus lived a perfect life and was killed on the cross. That's the cross that I was looking at the whole time. I was pushing up and fighting for Maddie to be on this earth. Taking on the burden of our sin, he rose again, defeating death, and showing that God's just wrath against us was satisfied. His gift, satisfied. Oh my goodness. Yep. So from there, what does that even mean? Thank you for showing us that. You know, we have a just God. Thank you for helping us to recognize that we're helpless sinners. Thank you for even, you know, helping us see that we need a sufficient sacrifice. But now there's a response, that we get to have a response towards those things. Um, When Jesus lived as fully God and fully man, he made a way for us to be back in a friendly relationship with God. His death and resurrection satisfied the wrath of God and opened the way for reconciliation. If we repent of our sins and trust in Christ, we're born again into eternal life with God. Born again. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Us mamas who've been able to experience that uh, precious time with our babies, we are getting to see new life now. And ourselves, it's even a treat. I, I, and I, I say that for me, I, I've gotten to see my kids be born again. Mm-hmm. And that is a gift. That is such an amazing gift. Um So reconciliation with God. We are now new creations. Maddie and Sly are new creations in Christ. They've been birthed again into new life. So Jesus began with work of making the new creation. One day, this will be completed when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. He will defeat his enemies, including those who are not reconciled with God, those who have chosen to partner against God, who have chosen to maintain uh, a state of enemy towards God. By repentance and faith, we enter into a new relationship with God, and we will be with Him now and forever. So if I can think about planting myself in a firm foundation as I walk through whatever it is that the Lord is calling me to walk through, whether if that be pregnancy or, or birth or delivery, well, birth and delivery, they go together, um, mm-hmm. you know, or just whatever it is, um, my job, whatever position that the Lord has called me to, if I'm planting myself in that firm foundation of his truth, that he is a just God, that I'm a helpless sinner, that I require a sacrifice and that he meets that sacrifice in himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And now he's reconciled us and he's given us new hope in, his, uh, in himself. And now we have given been given authority to move forward uh, because of his spirit. Like, wow, how different 
could all of those places look? How different could my birthing room look? How different could my workspace look? How different could my parent style look if that is my anchoring point? Mm-hmm. And then also to know um, that picture, if you will, you know, that person standing in the field or wherever they're standing, they have that firm foundation. They're holding that umbrella. That umbrella now covers them. They're covered by that salvation. They never are going to walk out from under it. They're covered by his gift. And so if we could just be firmly planted, if we can have that umbrella, that covering over us and move in confidence, abiding in that truth, partnering with him, I think it really does just change the dynamic of any situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a humbling place to, to be um, because it is a lot of, of giving up of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be a lot easier to walk into a, a birthing room and I don't know. I could probably imagine some things that I could do um, apart from the Lord that would not be really life-giving to others. Mm-hmm. I could be yelling. I could be fussing at people. You know, like I could just be a grumpy bump. You know, <laughs> I just said grumpy bump. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I could choose. You know, to position my heart in that kind of place, but ultimately, that's not going to do any good for me. That's not going to do any good for anyone in that space with me. That's definitely not going to bring glory or honor to the Father that I say I want to be linked up with, that I say that my foundation is in. So, I don't know, for me, it is just that remembering, you know, Mm -hmm. when I look back at that hospital room with Maddie, and I, I just, I mean, so clearly, that's the thing that I see in my memory, whenever I think about uh, that time with Maddie 16 years ago, um, I see that, that cross and I see Jesus there and, and he was present with me and he was, he was the one that gave me the foundation to, to walk through that day. Mm -hmm. He was the one that gave me the foundation to walk through those weeks of lonely afterwards. Mm -hmm. Oh, those months really, you know, he was the one who met me and my selfishness with Sly when I found out that I was pregnant again. You know, he was the one who met me in all the spaces and he's the one who continues to cover me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well said. Thanks. Mm -hmm. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel like you just unloaded a lot of (laughs) <laughs> truth and encouragement. Yay. But if you have any additional truth, and also if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> but if you want to add anything, please hmm. feel free. He had that. I mean, maybe even for a mom who yeah. didn't have the birth that she had written down mm. on the paper, you know? Yeah. I would say, man, there's such hope there, you know? I think, um, the Lord wants to meet you there. I know he wanted to meet me there in that space. Um, and even just the, the kindness of that I could look back at my different stories and, and recognize like, I didn't get these things that were on this list with Maddie, but he was so kind to give me some of those things with my time with Sly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is he doesn't even have to, his goodness isn't contingent upon what he gives me because mm-hmm. he's already given me himself. So I would just encourage anyone in any state where they are, if it's, you know, in pregnancy or, or whatever to just, you know, meet with the father. And I think it's okay to dream and have plans. I really do. But I think it's, it's also okay when those dreams and plans aren't met in the way that we would anticipate or long for them to be met because the Lord is longing to meet them in another way. Mm -hmm. And that's always going to be in himself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm. 
good stuff. Mm. It's good for my ears too, Jesse. I wish you had been around after I had Jane. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like right after birth, we should have uh, had like a phone combo. <laughs> I would have progressed in my spiritual health a lot faster. <laughs> well, you know, I will say, I, I probably wouldn't have thought the same things that I think now. Being so far removed too, mm-hmm. the Lord is so gracious to you to continue to you know, mold and shape our hearts. He's in the transformation business. Like he's Mm -hmm. just not going to stop. You know, once we have that foundation and that covering, like that covering goes with us and that's, that's his hope. He Mm -hmm. wants to transform us. He wants us to be image bearers of his son. And Mm -hmm. so he's not going to stop until that's done. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for taking the time to come and share and encourage. Such a sweet time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining me today. To stay up to date on the podcast, like Hopeful Birth on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at Hopeful Birth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use. If you're interested in sharing your Hopeful Birth story on a future episode, please reach out to me on my Facebook page or by Instagram. And if you're a doula, midwife, or other birth worker and would like to be featured in the Meet the Birth Worker segment, please let me know. Thanks for listening.